Amen. Please be seated. God bless you, Josh and Ari. Thank you for leading us in worship. So good to see so many of you back in town. We're kind of back from spring break, some of us. Uh, we miss the ones who are, who are not yet here, but we look forward we look forward to having everybody back next week. We pray for the ones who are traveling back. You see some kids who are savvy. Uh, if you're age three to fifth grade and, and you want to scoot off to Children's Church, feel free to do that. If you want to stay, I don't think we're going to get to PG today, but you never know. You never do know. So great to have you here. Welcome to Bethany. My name is Tom. How are we doing? We doing good? Good, 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 good. Acts chapter 1. Please open your Bibles there. If you don't have a Bible, lift your hand high and Tim will give you one. That is uh, our free gift to you. Uh, if you have one at home, then take that. Just use it during this service. If you don't, you can take that with you and keep it for your very own. If you don't have a pen, uh, you're going to need a pen too because we've got heart maps. And, and i got an assignment for you before we dig in. Uh, raise your hand if you need a pen. we got pens. Take the Bibles. Leave the pens. Take the Bible. Leave the pen. You steal the pen. Stealing is one of the big ten. You do it in church. I don't know, but I'm sure it's worse. Okay, so leave the pen. And why, The first thing I want you to do is open up your bulletins. Right under the giving update, which uh, tells you that you need to give more right there. Right under there is an information card. I want to hear it all ripping. I want to hear this through the house. I want to hear that. Now, you got to rip it because it used to be perforated. But perforation costs extra. We used to be able to afford it before you started jacking our pens. All right. The questions are easy. Easy stuff here. Name. You want to put that on there. Address. Well... You know, if, if we, we have a habit of coming to your house at 3 a.m. and making you fill this out if you haven't. So put your address down there. Email. Very, very, very important. The reason I want this is if you don't have that uh, clipboard, if you didn't see the clipboard, it says, would you like to be added to the directory? Right above prayer requests there. You want to check. The correct answer is yes. Do I want to be added in the directory? Yes. You've been here more than twice? Yes. Unless you live in a different state and what God is doing in this church has not yet inspired you to move here. Yes, that is the answer. Also, here is something you need to look at. In the bottom, as you look at it, the bottom right hand corner, it says, I am interested in being baptized. That is the southwest corner for you outdoor freaks, okay? Right here. Do you want to be baptized? There's a good, there is the good news we were, we were doing a drive for our portable baptistry so we didn't have to keep borrowing it from community. And praise God, like all the money came in and the baptistry is going to be here on Wednesday. So uh, two weeks from today, we're going to have a baptism service. There are seven people who two weeks ago prayed with us to receive Christ. And, and the correct answer there is yes. If you want to take this important, uh, just check it. If you want to take this important step of faith. Uh, also, if you're one of them and you accepted Christ, you want to check that off. You might want to keep this handy in case that happens to you today. And then just, uh, I'll be standing at the door on the way out. Just slip this to me. If you have any prayer requests or anything like that. Good, good, good. We're all, we're all set. We did all that. You're not stealing the pens. This is, this is how jacked up you are. This is a community church pen. 
How did it get here? You've been visiting other churches and bringing us their pens. Acts 1. Let's go. You ready? ready. Title is Jesus Wants the World. It is so crucial. So crucial that we let God's truth penetrate deep into our hearts and our minds. This one, this one is big. This one is big. So let's pray. Thank you, God, that the tomb is empty and there is news to tell. And we are going to tell it with joy and celebration. Thank you that your word never fails, that your spirit is here. Lord, I ask you to forgive me my sins, and there are many. Lord, I ask you to open hearts and open eyes and open minds. And Lord, so that we might have a spiritual breakthrough that you desire for us this morning. And we praise you and we thank you in Jesus' good name. Amen. Amen. Okay. This is Jesus Wants the World. We're going to be talking about Jesus' strategy for world conquest. And you're part of it. And, and Austin back there is part of it. That creeps me out a little bit. I don't know if it does you. But, but it's all inclusive. It's all inclusive, so we're going to take a look at that. Start reading at verse 4. Matt preached on verse 4 and verse 5. If during this act series you miss a week, visit the website. You can catch up. The podcasts are on there. So we're going to start in verse 4. We're going to read through verse 8, and here it is. God's Word. On one occasion, Jesus, okay, just to set you up, to get you there, Jesus is risen, and he's talking with his apostles, okay? On one occasion, while Jesus was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized you with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when they met together, they, they, got, they got all jazzed up about this, right? So they get together, the apostles do, and they ask Jesus, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father is set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth, including Gunnison. Okay, moving on. We're going to make a mad dash to verse 8. Why? Because verse 8 is the key to unlocking the book of Acts. It's more than that. Verse 8 is the key to unlocking the purpose of our existence, of why we are here as followers of Jesus Christ. If you're not a follower of Jesus Christ and, 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 and you're just checking him out, welcome. It's good that you're here. And it'll help you understand why I get so jacked up about this and why, why, uh, why we get so enthusiastic about, about what God is calling us to. Okay, so we're going to get there, but there's so many things along the way that we need to check out. First of all, Jesus meets with them. He says, you know how John baptized you in the, in, in the Jordan, right? And he put you down in the water and he came up and, and you didn't have to ask anybody if you were soaking wet. You knew, right? If, if you do have to ask anybody when you're drenched, if you're drenched, we got a different problem. So... He says, you're going to be baptized in a different way, in a deeper way, in one that just doesn't touch your outside, but all the way through to the inside and everything in between. You're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit, and it's going to fill you. I am going to fill you, and your life is never going to be the same, and you're not going to have to ask people, did this happen? Does he live in me? 
do I have this power? And, and you would think that, you know, they would get so enthusiastic, so, so focused in on what he's just telling them. But what do they do? Look at verse 6. So they get together, all the apostles, and they say, okay, Jesus, are you at this time going to restore your kingdom to Israel? Welcome to the new biblical game show, Missing the Point. Welcome, welcome our returning champions, the apostles, will you? But let's not get too hard on them, because we can relate, right? Missing the point. I was seven years old. Seven years old, my parents, we lived in New York. My parents tell me we're going to Disney World in Florida. Huge thing, right? Huge thing. Never been there. Heard stories. Saw pictures. Watched Wonderful World of Disney every Sunday night. Older folks help the younger folks after. They don't know what I'm talking about. So what do I ask my parents? Do they have ice cream there? My father looks at me and says, they have rides and they have roller coasters and they have shows and they have Mickey Mouse. And I said, but do they also have ice cream? Well, the anticipation built and finally the day came for us to be there. And we enter in, and you know, you know, it's just built up from the parking lot onward. And finally, we come to the grand gates, and we walk through. It's a new world. It's a different world. You've been there, you know. The music, the magic, the colors, everything, the people on Prozac. You know, and Mickey is there to shake our hands. And the, the, the Cinderella's castle is looming out in front, looming. And it finally all gets to make sense to me. And I look up at my dad and I say, is it almost time for the ice cream? (laughs) They missed the point. He says, I'm about to give you this power, this indwelling power, my Holy Spirit, because I have huge plans for you. And they say, are you going to now restore your kingdom to Israel? What they wanted was a political savior. They wanted a Jesus who was going to go into Jerusalem, kick some Roman butt, right, and make their lives better. Now, Jesus will restore his kingdom to Israel after, in the beginning of his thousand-year reign. Okay, you can read about that in, in Revelation 20. We're not going to go there this morning. But they missed it because they were looking at, they wanted a political savior. Still, still. And, and I wonder, there are two reasons that I think this is really important for us. And I want to just quickly touch on them. First, I wonder if we've really changed that much in 2,000 years. Don't we, don't we sometimes still miss the point? We want a political savior. We think the world can't change. The country can't change unless we get the right people in office. Right? We have to have political change. We can't imagine a revolution actually being effective unless we get our politics right. Now, I'm not in the rocking... I'm not... Knocking politics. And before you start sending me hate emails that I look forward to deleting, um, you need to know it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But sometimes we think we've got to get our politics right. And Jesus is saying, if you really want the world change that I'm talking about, you've got to have heart change. You've got to have heart change. I don't know how. It was like six, well, you know, over four years ago, Some of my friends who were Democrats were saying stuff like this. Well, if George W. Bush gets reelected, I'm going to go move to Canada. Well, you know, like six months ago, 
I, a lot of my Republican friends, Hillary Clinton or Barack Obama gets elected, I'm going to move to Canada. Well, here's my question. Why does anybody want to move to Canada? The food there is lousy. And that's where Celine Dion came from. There's two reasons. Secondly, what do they got? They got maple syrup? Mrs. Butterworth is an American. We got that. They said that's not the point. That's not the point. We want the Ten Commandments posted. We want them posted in the courthouse. We want the economy fixed up. We want out of Iraq. We want the environment cleaned up. We want, in God we trust, printed on our money forever and ever. I agree with most of those things. A lot of those things. But you can get every single one of those right, and it still will not usher in the kingdom of God. It still will not see His kingdom thrive on earth. It doesn't matter if we're Republicans. It doesn't matter if we're Democrats. We need to have a God we trust printed on our hearts. Jesus' kingdom is a kingdom of the heart. And until hearts change, it doesn't matter what laws you got. The kingdom of God still isn't here. God bless you. Yes. No problem. Are we still looking for a political savior? There's an organization who used to be on their mailing list. I had to stop it. I even got tired of ripping their stuff up. Because all they want to do is get you charged up, stir the pot. Here's one thing you need to be upset about. If we get this law right, oh, you know what? If we're not all glorifying God, it doesn't matter whether we get the law right or not. I'm not knocking politics. Save the email. Second reason I believe this is a big deal is that they missed the point. The apostles were looking inward. They had a narrow view of God's kingdom. They were looking inward. You're going to come. You're going to make our country, our nation. You're going to make it good. You're going to make it right. They were looking inward, not outward. Jesus refocused them. He says, you're thinking too small. Yes, I want you to start here, but my, view, my vision is for the world. It's for the world. And sometimes we in the church, we can get the same mistake, right? It's inward. What's going to be good for our church? What's going to be good for us? And you know what? Jesus is saying very clearly here, very, very clearly, it's outward. It's outward. A big part of his kingdom, a big part of his focus are the people who are farthest from him. That's his passion. And when that becomes our passion, then we become like the early church and we see the things that happened in the early church happen in our church, in our community, in our world. We get stuck on ourselves. And they were stuck on ourselves. The apostles missed the boat. But Jesus, there's always grace. There's always grace. He didn't snap at them. I would have. But he didn't. There's grace. Verse 7, he said to them, it's not for you to know the times or dates the Father is set by His own authority. It's not for you to know the times and dates. He's saying, it's none of your business. <laughs> it's none of your business. And, and, and this is about Jesus' return, right? If you ever go to a church where the pastor is setting dates for Jesus' return, okay, leave and go to the W for breakfast. Much better deal. Stop payment on the check that you put in the plate, and whatever you do, don't drink the Kool-Aid. All right? Older folks, you want to explain that to the younger folks after the service. He says, that's not for your concern. Verse 8, bring it up, please. But, 
Stop there. This is no ordinary but. This is a very big but. This is two airplane seats with the middle armrest folded up and three seatbelt extenders. It's that big a but. It is the strongest word in the Greek language to show contrast. That is not your concern. But this is. Hang your hopes and dreams on this. This is your mission. This is your power. This is your calling. This is what you need to be drilled in on. But, and he goes on, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now we're going to take a minute. We're going to unpack this. Okay, before I let you go, there are three things. It's Jesus wanting the world that are embedded in his wanting the world. How he wants it all to transpire. Here it is. If you're taking notes, number one, say it with me. Jesus, you're leaving me hanging. You are leaving me hanging. That's not like a church. Now let's do it. Jesus wants to be glorified in all things. Why is the Holy Spirit so white hot, passionate about this? Why is Jesus passionate about reaching every person, every quarter of the globe? Because Jesus wants to be glorified in all things. What does glorified mean? It's a, it's a fancy church word. It means famous. It means famous. Jesus wants everything that he has created, everything to point to him and celebrate him. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, this is your purpose for your life, for your attitudes, for your relationship, for your work, for your play, for everything that you do, for everything that you are, to point to Jesus Christ and celebrate his goodness, his majesty, his grace, his holiness, his awesomeness. That is full life. And until you and I do that, we don't have full life. That is the power of the Holy Spirit wanting to do that in a Okay, from the Bible beginning to end, this is the purpose. Jesus wants to be glorified in all things. Here's how it, here's how it unpacks through the Bible. In creation, when Jesus created, and we'll take a look at that in a, in a second, in a second, it was Him. It was Him. He made everything. He said it is good and very good. Okay? And then our first parents sinned. And sin came into the world, and that's when everything got all jacked up, right? That's when everything got broken. And, and stopped pointing to Jesus Christ and celebrating and glorifying Him and advancing His fame. And so His plan, His plan, His work on the cross is to redeem and bring everything back, everything back, including you and me, into the way that He created it to be. Pointing back to Him. Because in that we have life, we have hope, we have truth. And he is glorified as King of kings and Lord of lords, as our great God, hero, Savior. That is the plan. That is the plan. And it is the greatest plan of redemption ever unveiled. We're going to take a look at Colossians 1. Turn with me there. We'll watch up on the screen in the wonder of HD projection of Bible verses. Here we go. Colossians 1, 16 through 20. Jesus wants to be glorified in all things. For by Him what was created, say it with me, all things were created. In heaven, on earth, visible, invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. What was created by Him? All things were created by Him and for Him. 17 and 18. He is before what? He is before all things. And in Him what holds together? All things. All things hold together in Him. If you're falling apart, if your relationships are falling apart, if your world is falling apart... 
All things in Him hold together. The answer to your question is Jesus. In Him all things hold together. He is the head of the church, the body. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in what? He might have supremacy. In everything. Bring up 19 and 20. For God was pleased to have all His fullness dwell in Him, and through Him to reconcile to Himself. To reconcile to Himself what? All things, you and me included, Gunnison to the ends of the earth, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through His blood shed on the cross. Jesus finished work on the cross for our sins in our place was about redeeming all things. Bringing them back to the point where we all and all created things point to Him and celebrate who He is and all that He is and all His glory and all His fame and all His goodness and all His holiness. That's the plan. That's the plan. And therein lies the purpose of the church and your life. And it's a worldwide purpose. And God, I've listed on your heart map, there is verse after verse after verse of the heavens declaring and the mountains and the seas and the trees clapping their hands. Look them up. All creation is to glorify God. That is why Mount Crested Butte exists. To point to Jesus Christ and celebrate Him. That is why pine trees and aspen trees exist. That is why Taylor River exists. That is why Hartman Rocks exists. That is why the Gunnison, the Black Canyon and the Gunnison exists. That is why friendship exists. That is why family exists. That is why music exists. That is why eggplant parmesan exists. To point to the God of the universe and say He is good. He is righteous. He is wonderful. He is glorious. That's why families exist. That's why you and I exist. And until we lock into the fact that our lives are to be a continuous celebration pointing to God and how great He is, we won't have life. And we won't be followers of Jesus Christ. Now, we can't do that when we're tearing apart our co-workers. We can't do that when we're banging our girlfriend. Oh, sorry. We can't do that when we're treating our spouse the way we can't be treating our spouse. Not loving our wives as Christ loved the church. We can't do that in so many ways, but we can. He provides us ways to celebrate Him and point to Him every, every moment of every day. We've got to move on. Or, you know, you'll be, it'll be like college dinner. And then you'll get mad. Romans 8.22. I've got to share this one with you. It's so wonderful. Romans 8.22 says this. We know that the whole of creation, everything you see when you leave here, the mountains, the hills, the trees, the rivers, everything that you see, everything that you see is groaning in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Why? Because it's not complete yet. They can't point... To Jesus until he redeems all things. It's not done yet, but it's on its way. And that brings us to number two. If you're taking notes, write this down. Jesus wants this completed. Say it with me. Jesus wants this completed. Thank you. And it's not yet. It's not quite done yet. That's the whole purpose of our study in Acts. We called it to be continued. You see, Jesus wants to use you. He wants to use me and His Spirit filling us to expand His fame, His glory to all the earth. To all the earth. And it's not done yet. It's not done yet. And neither is our our message. We haven't reached the whole world yet. 
Heck, we haven't even reached our old town. We live in the smallest place in the world. We haven't reached our whole college. We haven't reached our whole college yet. So, we're going to take a look at verse 8 again. And we're going to see that Jesus is talking about the order in which this is to happen. And interestingly, this is how the book of Acts unfolds. They, they witness in Jerusalem first. That's the first seven chapters. And then they go on to Judea and Samaria. And then eventually to the whole civilized world. You know, so, but what we see here, what we see in verse 8 is that the good news, the, the kingdom of God is preached to the Jews first and then the Gentiles. But I also believe that in the word of God, there is more there for us. There is more there for us. Look at this. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses first where? In Jerusalem, in Gunnison, at Western, at home. Okay, and then in where? Where second? Judea and Samaria, Almont and Crested Butte. Okay, if Roy Craner was here, we'd throw in Taylor Park, right? Okay, we'll do that for him. We'll give you Pitkin. Okay, God bless you, Wicks. We love you. I was going to throw you into the ends of the earth, but then third, the ends of the earth, which literally means this. The ends of the earth. Everywhere. Everywhere. So how's it going? How's it going with us being 90% unreached in our town? You know, you know, here's this. I got to share this with you. We're at men's breakfast. If you don't come to men's fellowship breakfast, I don't care how old you are. Just come. It's great. But there's a guy who knows, who knows a lot about God, who said this. We don't have to invite other men to men's fellowship breakfast. I said, why? He explained to Matt and me. It's over at Mario's. Everybody knows that Mario's doesn't serve breakfast. And if they see cars out there, they'll recognize them as our cars. And they'll realize that something is going on at Mario's, and they'll come. How's that working out for you? We ought to be inviting everybody. Not because there's great spiritual food only. There's free bacon. I'd crawl on my knees to Crested Butte for free bacon. You're providing a blessing to another man by giving him free bacon. Even if the teaching was lousy, which it's not. We have to be intentional. We have to love people enough to get it out there, to get it out there, to do it. That's why our purpose statement, I want you to review it. It's in your bulletin. It says we're going to be missionaries. The Spirit wants the world for Christ. He's given us power. The word for power in the Greek is dunamis. That's the word from which we get dynamite. Some of us are living, sometimes the church lives, not as dynamite, but those little finger poppers, pap, 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 that does nothing. And dynamite is even too weak. It's even too weak. I get it. I'm, I'm, I'm ending. Thank you. I'm wrapping it up. This is world-changing power, and if you're not going to use it for changing the world, you're wasting it. Third and last thing, here it is. Say it with me. Jesus wants you. Jesus wants you. Let's pull up verse 8, the other version. Who's going to receive the power of the Holy Spirit? You. When it comes on who? You. Who's going to be the witnesses? You. This is not just the apostles he's talking about. It's all who claim to be followers of Jesus Christ. I don't care what denomination you are. I don't care what church you belong to. If you belong to Jesus Christ, he's talking to you. You're going to be my witnesses. You know what the word for witnesses is? Martyrs. It's the word we get martyrs from. 
It's going to cost you your whole life. Whether somebody actually takes it from you, it's almost immaterial because we're going to die to ourselves and live for him. We're going to be witnesses. We're not just going to do witnessing. Everything we do, whether we're watching TV, going to sports games, playing, playing ball, loving on somebody at the high school and nobody talks to, whether it's loving people who least expect it and least deserve it, forgiving lavishly and foolishly, pouring out grace when, when, when rebuke and criticism is called for according to the world's standards. That's what we're going to do. And we're going to do it here at home in all those other places around us and to the ends of the earth. That's the plan. That's the plan. Our life should be incessantly showing off grace and love and mercy of Jesus Christ. And when we do that, we're going to see the very things that happen in the book of Acts happen in our midst, in our families, in our workplaces, in our town, and in our college. And it'll be too big to contain here. It'll spill out to the surrounding communities until it touches the world. That's God's plan. A witness is this, and I'll bring it to a close. Somebody who tells what they've seen, what they've heard, what they've experienced. Here's a question. What is the most awesome thing that Jesus Christ has done in your life lately? Think about it. If you have a heart map, there's a place to write it down. What is the most awesome thing Jesus Christ has done in your life recently? If you're having trouble coming up with one, we're going to give you a chance to fix that in a minute. Here's the point. This week we're going to tell that to somebody. We're going to pray for an opportunity. You're going to tell that to at least one person. Share that. Because next week when you come back, and you will, um, we're going to give reports. It's going to be great. And you're going to see that God is opening doors for you to lead people that he cares about, is passionate about, to him so that he can give them forgiveness and life. One of the best ways is to invite somebody who's far from Jesus Christ to come to, with you next week. Next week, we're going to talk about the ascension, Jesus liftoff, and what he is doing now that he's back in heaven. He's doing some things for you that will absolutely blow you away. You don't want to miss it. We'll also be presenting the gospel. Who needs to hear it? Bring them with you. When we have all the students back, it's incredible. You know why? Because they bring their friends. We've had so many people come to Christ. It's been such a blessing, and he does it. Get in on it, because that's the plan. That's the plan. Live your life to glorify, point to Jesus Christ. What is the most awesome thing that you're going to tell, and who are you going to bring? Jesus wants the world. You're part of his plan. Given that, how can we not respond? Let's pray. Father, I ask your forgiveness for missing the point too many times. I want you to do something awesome in my life. I want you to do something awesome in my brothers' and sisters' lives and my friends' lives here. Lord, like the apostles, we want to focus on you. We don't want a political savior. We want you to be all that you want. We want to look outward, not just selfishly inward. I want to be more concerned with the people who are far from you. If you would say, I haven't glorified God the way that the Bible talks about, my life in all of its aspects hasn't pointed to Jesus Christ and said, yeah, he's all that. Maybe it's your marriage, maybe it's your work, maybe it's your faith. 
Maybe it's your finances. Maybe it's your attitude. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ and you want refreshing and renewing and to get back on track, my hand is up. Raise your hand to heaven. Raise your hand to God and I'll pray. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. We're going to pray together. We're going to get a fresh filling. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we want to respond to your word in spirit and in truth. We look forward to your outpouring of your Holy Spirit because we know we've just tasted of that which you have spread a banquet table for us. Lord, we confess that we haven't been as on fire for you. We haven't been as willing to die to ourselves. But we want to glorify you in every aspect of our lives and we thank you for your grace. We thank you that that's going to happen. We thank you that even this day when we see creation, we're going to see it differently. When we talk to people and love people, we're going to do it differently. We're going to point to you. We ask it in your good name. Amen. Still praying there are some here. We talk about Jesus wanting us. Jesus wants you. Your heart is saying, Jesus wants me, but I've spent my life saying, I don't want you. Jesus. Today you can change that. Today you can say, I believe in the finished work of Jesus Christ. I want to point to you, Lord. And I'm sorry for all those things that haven't pointed to you. I believe in your finished work on the cross. I confess my sins. I want you as my personal Lord and Savior. I want to follow you all the days of my life. I know you're speaking to my heart, and I want to speak back and say, yes, I'm ready. I want to be yours, and I want you to be mine. If God is speaking to your heart and you want to make that decision, you want to make that commitment, I'd ask you to raise your hand to God. I'll pray with you. This would be the most important decision you could ever make. Is there anybody here who would like to pray? Amen. God bless you. God bless you. All right. Pray pray with me. Make this your prayer. Lord Jesus, come. Come into my heart the most clear way, the most best way that I can pray to ask you and I want to do it. Lord, all the things that have kept me away from you, all my sin, I confess. I trust in your death in my place for my sins, your burial, your resurrection. I want that new life that you promised. Come in and be my Lord. Be my Savior. I love you. And I thank you for dying for me. Now I want to live for you. In Jesus' name.